My name is Dave Crane. I've been around for a very long time. I'm really old, but my main job is I work with people all around the world to help them position themselves as the best in their industry. Let me show you exactly how that works. Hi, I'm Dave Crane. Welcome to Speak On Stage, BBC's in the background. Today I'm going to share with you all about decisions that speakers make in terms of what they do, how they do it, and how to open up more opportunities. And I cover everything down here at Jitech, so at least from a very personal point of view. You won't want to miss this. If you're a fledgling speaker or you've been around for a little while, this will resonate with you and it may give you some ways of making more money, more connections, and also a better amount of peace of mind. This is Speak On Stage. Talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Dave Crane, an ex-BBC journalist who transforms decision makers and business owners who are feeling unknown and scared to speak on stage into highly respected and branded industry experts who are frequently getting offered five, six and even seven figure contracts to do exactly what they did before. During the pandemic, I lost everything except the belief that, like me, the world is full of frustrated leaders and game changers with untapped potential and brilliant ideas who felt time was always against them because they were worth much, much more and just needed help to learn to jump and grow wings on the way down. And so that's what I do. I help create industry icons. Imagine being in constant demand, headhunted and interviewed because you are the visionary whose life purpose and passion are aligned. So every single day you wake up smiling, truly happy, only doing what you want, when you want and having plenty of time to spend with those you love. I created the Industry Icon Program to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step -step strategies to help you to fly. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life worth living, it's an honor to be serving you. And now it's your turn to build a legacy. So let's get started. We need to talk. This is your time to become an industry icon. numbers of migrants are arriving in the United States from South America. So the BBC is celebrating 100 years and congratulations. They are, in my opinion, on the best news gathering services, doing incredible radio, TV. They're making brilliant documentaries from a very neutral political point of view, which have always been. And uh, their content is better and, uh, and, and more impartial than most around the world and respected as a direct result of that. So what are my thoughts on this? Because I used to work for the BBC years ago. Now, I left the UK something like 30 years ago, 28 years ago. Why? Because my experience at the BBC wasn't great. I've got to be honest, I was working as a news journalist and I wanted to be discovered to do great things. I pushed and went on to Blind Date, won the national TV show, and uh, shortly after lost my position working on local radio in the UK. And 
here's what I want to share. And it's not about the BBC. BBC are an amazing organisation. And like any organisation, we have got to up their game and, and, you know, embrace more diverse people. I mean, know that, I'm sure, anyway. But my point is this. 28 years later, I would never have had the opportunity to experience the things I've had in my life if I'd stayed where I was in the UK. Even if I'd been embraced and I said, Dave, you're one of us, let's bring you in. I'd be a senior producer and maybe having done some TV and radio, I'd be doing whatever the system would make me do. But I didn't get that. Instead, I was kind of kicked out and an opportunity was open to me to just go do your own thing. And that's exactly what I've done. So now here I am with my own podcast, reaching you, sharing with you my ideas, my thoughts, and it's unencumbered by somebody senior above me, apart from maybe my wife, telling me what I should and shouldn't talk about. The idea that I can share with you my own experiences and hopefully get you to a better place where you need to be in your decision-making, your speaking career, your branding, and also your opportunities for your business, or even just your, your well-being, would never have come if all those things hadn't happened to me, which was so brutal and personally, emotionally damaging to me, that I felt that I had to leave the UK and go seek my fortune in a, in a different part of the world. Now, luckily, that different part of the world turned out to be Dubai, I'm United Arab Emirates, and so I'm so grateful for the experiences and the opportunities that the country has given me that I wouldn't have got back home. I know that I worked really hard to try and make it happen back home. Now, you might say, oh yeah, but you couldn't make it in the UK. I'm glad. Honestly, I'm glad. UK is, I'm so proud I wear the UK like a badge. Under no circumstances do I ever pretend that I'm not a Brit. I am a Brit. I'm fiercely proud to be a Brit. I still watch England and Scotland and Ireland and Wales playing football and I support them as much as I possibly can. But my own personal journey was only really started when I was thrown out of a deep end. I had no idea what to do. I learned to splash around until I could keep my head above water and I'd left the UK to, to do something else. My entire journey, my entire success, is because of that. So you never know, every cloud does have a silver lining, but also it's down to you. Sometimes you have to learn to jump and grow wings on the way down. And this podcast and all my work is designed to help you to be able to do just that. It's early morning now, arriving. At JTEX on the final day, I'm going to head towards my stand and help you see what it is that I do. Everything's pretty much set up. We're looking after an area that's within Hall 2, which is predominantly to look after cybersecurity. And uh, my particular expertise is metaverse, to be honest with you. But I also understand audiences. So we get some TED Talk style presentations with some experts on the cybersecurity industry, and we get a passing audience. So my job really is to enhance a relationship in a very short amount of time with audiences to make them to want to sit down and join us and listen to the speakers. And it's been an amazing experience. I've had so many laughs, and everyone seems to enjoy it as well. So let me show you exactly where it is, and you'll get the flavor for what it is that we do. So here we are at Jitex and it's busy, busy, busy. This is one of the world's most prominent and distinguished and important IT events on the global market. I can tell you now it's busier than I've ever seen before. I've been hosting here on and off 
about 28 years, which is crazy. And every time I come back, there's something new and exciting and different. Now, one of the things that I find most exciting about this particular year is after the pandemic and all the challenges that we've gone through in every industry, the only people that didn't actually suffer too much are in the IT industry. I think that's why so many people are wearing Rolexes and smiling and enjoying this particular event more than most. So I'm looking forward to hosting my stuff later on, and you can come and join me with that. I think you'll enjoy it as much as I do. On today's episode, I'm going to share with you four things. First of all, how to get a stage like this, nice and busy. Here we are at Jitex Live. And make sure that you've got engaged people for five days who can't wait to hear what you're going to say next. Also, I'm going to show you how to get sponsors at events like this. So people want to give you money and they want to work with you without even knowing exactly what it is that you're going to be doing with them. Then thirdly, how to represent your organization or somebody else's at a conference when you've only got 60 seconds to go on stage and let everybody know who you are and what they'll get from working with you. And lastly, I want to share with you what happens and what choices you can make if you get badly disrespected by people. I had an experience last night and I had a number of different options about how I could deal with it. I could have got really angry. I could have made a big deal of it. Instead, I chose a different route. I want to share with you exactly what that was, how I dealt with it, and maybe you'll get some inspiration for something that's happening to you and how you can make it better for yourself and the people who will come after you who otherwise might experience the same thing. All that and more coming up in this episode of Speak and Stage. Don't go anywhere else. This is for you. How are you? Are you enjoying yourselves in Dubai? Now, how many people are just visiting Dubai and you've not had a chance to see any of it because you've been stuck in here? And when you get to the airport and fly off, and as you fly off, you look down and you go, that looks like it's a really good place. So I've seen it on videos, but you've never got a chance to do Well, if you can't get a chance, have a look. But this is, Jitex is like a city, so it's going to take up most of your time anyway. But so there you go. And that's how we roll. Beep, 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 beep. Sorry, I saw a beep. Jitex is one of the most amazing events on the planet. I've been coming here on and off for about 28 years. The very first experience I had at this event was actually to represent Acer. And <laughs> I'll tell you what it is I did. You just laugh your head off. Um, Acer had launched a new laptop. And my job was to rap about it on stage about three or four times a day during Jitex for an audience of people. Now, I can't rap. I couldn't remember what to say. So I had a bit of paper in my hands. And needless to say, I just look like an idiot. So with that being said, 28 years later, I'm still doing incredible events. Love Jitex. Love the fact that it's just grown and grown and grown. Some amazing people from all around the world coming here from every single walk of life and every single part of the industry. I just find it ultimately fascinating. And of course, typical for Dubai, it's also populated by robots. Welcome to Star Wars. So I'm going to talk to you about the Industry Icon Programme. The Industry Icon Programme is about being an industry expert. Now the thing is, when you look at all the big names in every industry, it's all about an Elon Musk or you know, a Richard Branson or a Bill Gates or a Steve Jobs. They've built up an aura around who they are that helps people position their mindset as to who they are and what their product is together. 
Now I watch a lot of the organizations doing the stuff that we're doing here and some great speakers on stage. But many of the organizations are kind of like faceless. I'm going to show you very shortly how you can make it so your name and your brand are also out there with your business. Warren Buffett says that if you can speak and brand yourself, you can make an extra 50% on top of any sales and any amount of money that you make throughout your entire career. So I'm going to share with you a few tips on how to speak, how to brand, and how to position yourself to be really more effective than you've ever been before. One of the key things I will share with you from a presenter's point of view, if you ever need to speak anywhere, then first of all, you must think about this one question, what's in it for them? What's in it for your audience? Why should they sit there and listen to you? Don't go me, 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 because nobody cares who you are. You don't care who I am. You're only interested in what I can do to help you. So the less time I talk about me, the more time I talk about you, the more interesting and the better chance of creating that relationship. And that positions you as an industry expert, not an influencer necessarily, which means you don't have to show pictures about you eating your dinner, but the fact is you are the best in your industry, or at least the loudest voice that people can access in your industry. So I want to tell you about an experience I had yesterday. I went along on the evening to an event called Female Fusion. A really big thing that we support in Female Fusion is collaboration over competition. Run by Jen and Shalu, who are brilliant um, entrepreneurs. It's for women entrepreneurs and business owners, and they have an incredible community online. Something like about 700, 800 women online running their businesses and being part of that community, giving presentations and sharing brilliant ideas about how we can grow and help each other. And last night was an event where they brought along husbands, uh, and that was me, but unfortunately my wife couldn't make it, she wasn't very well, so I went on my own to represent both of us. And so here's a question I want to throw at you. What would you talk about when they say to you, would anybody like to come on stage and talk about their business? What would you say? You got one minute to talk about you, talk about your business, get the audience engaged, make sure that they want to do business with you in the future. How can you engage them in a way that they would want to do business with you afterwards? Mine was a very simple solution. I wasn't there to represent myself. I was there to represent my wife. And I'd gone along to the event to represent both of us. So when I got on stage, very simple. I just talked about my wife and her business. So what does that mean? How does it work out? Well, this is a roadmap of how I work with people. So let's take the diagram on the left-hand side as I look, which is here. What happens is, for most people, as you see, number one, they really re they decide that they want to do something different with their lives. They're not sure what it is. And then number two, they aspire to be like somebody who they've come across, like an Elon Musk or a Kardashian or whatever you decide you want to be. And then you start driving with your social media and your branding in a certain direction, but you don't really know where it's taking you. But you're starting to create relationships with people who follow your content. Then you reposition it. And then you start refining and defining what it is until you get to a point where, number six, you can say you're an industry icon. Why? Because your name becomes a verb. People will talk about your name as a way of doing things a certain way. So for instance, doing a Richard Branson on launching a business, or doing an Elon Musk on the way that tech is perceived. That makes sense because you think about them and their name becomes a verb. That's the way that you should be. I want to tell you about something that happened last night. A couple of stories, but I'll start with this one because it's the last thing that happened. So I went along to uh, the Female Fusion event 
and I met some amazing people, uh, husbands, wives, partners of uh, one of the best organizations for building up women entrepreneurs. In my opinion, uh, not just in Dubai or in the region, in the world, these guys, Jen does an amazing job with like Shalu. And it's just, you have to connect if you're female, launching a business, talk to uh, Female Fusion. Anyway, I came back to the hotel and I thought, oh, I'm gonna go for a drink. Just to chill out, I'm on my own. Why not, just go for a beer. So, what I decided to do was go down to uh, one of the local bars. And as I entered, the space just before, the lady stopped me. She stepped in front of me. This is a receptionist just outside. And she said, can I help you? I said, yeah, I'm in a hotel. I'd like to go for a drink. She said, do you know anybody inside? Have you got friends inside? And I said, no, I just want to pop in. She went, okay, so it's just for one then? Went, yes. And she said, okay, you can go for a drink. I thought, hold on, who are you to judge me and tell me whether I've got money? I'm staying here. Is why are you judging me? And and I've got to be honest, I was tired. I was not in a particularly great mood, not particularly tolerant, but I also can call stuff out when it happens. And in this case, I decided to do so. So I said, all right then. So uh, hold on, you're telling me that I can't go into the bar unless I've got your special permission to do so. Why is that? She goes, no, I wasn't saying that. And give me a real attitude. So I went, okay, stop, look, you're vetting me to come into your bar. It's just a bar and it's packed. I just want to go in, spend some time, and, and just relax, and then go back to my room. Well, you, you, and it became funny, and it became, it escalated. The doorman was there, and all the rest of the stuff that goes with it. And he was perfectly, you know, he's a good guy. Um, I said, right, call your manager, please. Now, the reason I did this is because I come from a place where I've worked in the entertainment industry, and especially nightclubs and bars, for 30 plus years, 45. Uh, let's see, no, not 45, I'm 54 now. So from the age of 16, 17, I've been DJing and working in clubs and bars. So that's like 30, 35 years. So it's my job, unofficially, to call out stuff in restaurants and bars and any amount of hospitality that, in my opinion, would lose customers for the venue, but nobody knows why they're losing customers. Let me just explain that. So if you're in a situation where, um, the staff are not doing a particularly good job and the manager doesn't know about it and you call the manager and you say to the manager, look, this is what's just happened to me. I think it's your duty to let them know what's just happened so they can choose to do something about it or not do something about it. But most people don't do that. They just vote with their feet and never go back and then just say bad things. That's not me, I wanted to talk. And also, I was in a mood where I just thought, I'll, I'll explain exactly what I feel. So the manager came over, how can I help you? The girl told him exactly what she thought the position was. He did this, he did that, uh, very accusatory. And uh, I, I basically said, okay, stop, thank you enough. Um, and I explained the fact that I was treated and vetted on the door to go in. Now, a little caveat here before we start. Yes, I know I'm black, right? The last thing I do is factor that in until it feels like it's so big that I can't ignore it. And I didn't actually bring it up in this case at all because I didn't want it to be a case where somebody would turn around and say, oh, he's paranoid or he's, he, he's just trying to cause trouble because you know, he's worried about, no, not at all. This is just bad service. And I explained that I've been in the country Dubai, UAE, for 28 years. And I've hosted a ton of different things. I've run bars, I've worked in most of them. Hotel chains launched many of them. Open Planet Hollywood with Bruce Willis, Sylvester Stallone, Amitabh Bachchan, 
um, and and Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, Sidney Crawford, loads of big gigs, okay? pretty good idea about what's good and bad hospitality so in the end after sharing this with the management he apologized and said oh please come in I've got to be honest by this time I've had enough you know if I'm outside a bar I just want to go in and relax and not have a confrontation and I only wanted to stand at the stand at the back have a beer and go um I don't want to go in I just said no forget it you know here's my business card google me and you'll see what kind of person you're turning away on the door without even knowing because of the policies that you have in place, and also in my opinion, you need to get your staff trained better, because this person represents you. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not talking to the girl to her face. I don't want to humiliate her. I don't want it to be a situation where she gets upset uh, and the game changes. All I wanted to have was a situation where I explained to the manager why he might be hemorrhaging good customers because they have a policy in place. And also giving them an opportunity to defend what their choices are. Then the next thing that happened was uh, I, I walked. I said, please come in, please come in. And I, I didn't want to do it at this point. I've just had enough inside. So I walked away. And then I went to the hotel reception. Now, why would I go to the hotel reception? Am I trying to stir it up? No, not at all. Because I wanted to explain to the hotel that I had an experience that wasn't good. Now, 99% of the time, that would be swept on the carpet. And nobody would know, nobody would say, and it just looks like a guy who's got problems, but how can they grow unless they know there's an issue at hand? So I explained what was going on, explained my experience, and I said to them, you know what, if you don't do something about it, that's up to you, but I think that you really need to be aware of this issue. The guy was lovely on reception. He said, look, no problem. He said, go back to your room and uh, we'll send somebody to order a drink for you. I said, I don't want a drink. And to be honest with you, I didn't really want to compromise my stance by letting them off. You know, it's a principal thing. I don't want it to be, oh yeah, that's fine now. It wasn't fine. You know, people don't know who I am. And I'm not saying I've got a big ego and I'm very important. I'm just a person, but you don't know who that person is. You should treat every customer the right way. Now this is important for any industry. So I'm not just saying it particularly because of my own experience here. I remember going back, this is probably going back about 35 years ago before I left uh, the UK to come to Dubai. And uh, I was working for the BBC and I was doing some work on nightclub bouncers, you know, uh, nightclub security and what went into it. So I studied it quite a lot. I remember talking to a guy called Javid Meyer, who's just an incredible, uh, successful entrepreneur in the uh, hospitality industry back in Yarm in the northeast of England. And a lovely guy and his team are fantastic. And one of the top nightclubs, it probably still is, it's been a while since I've been back, um, had... Uh, 
an incredible reputation. Everybody got dolled up and dressed up to go there. It was, it was expensive, not stupid expensive, but you paid for what you got. You know what I mean? Beautiful car park. Um, you, you had a lovely run in. The bathrooms were just perfect. And there was aftershave and all. I mean, really, there's people that, it was like you were stepping into a, a spa or a salon when you went to the bathroom. You didn't get a massage, that'd be creepy. But you know what I'm talking about. And uh, he explained to me their, their door security policy. He said, well, we've got doormen who are tough and can handle absolutely anything. But here's the thing. These guys are very capable of looking after everything. If there is a big problem, they can get involved. They're all martial artists or boxers or, or you know, special forces, whatever it is, and they can handle any problems that they've got. But most customers are really nice. 99% of customers are really nice people. If you wanna come in, have a good time, enjoy the hospitality, and then leave when it's the right time. And I perfectly got that. And he said, well, so here's what we do. All our doormen are actually there to meet and greet and welcome all the guests. Now, guests is an interesting term to use. They're guests in our facility. And their job is to make sure that everybody feels comfortable, included, and welcome. So if somebody causes any problems, then their job is to go over and try and keep the peace, calm them down, say, look, do you mind not doing this? And so on. And if that person then provokes, then they become bouncers and do whatever you have to do with people who've drunk too much that are causing a problem. But they don't start like that. They really believe that 99% of customers are brilliant, 1% are horrible, well, not horrible, but most likely to cause problems in the wrong situation. But it doesn't mean that they will. And that's why they had such a wonderful establishment. Everybody went there. They saw it as a status symbol to actually be there. There's big queues outside. And uh, it was just in a, a Macmillan's, it was called at the time, uh, and the Mall uh, in, in Stockton as well. Uh, and that's why it was one of the top places before I left the UK. So that's my point. My point is, if you look after every customer and you respect them, and you give them the feeling that they are so important to your ongoing success in your business and what you do, you will end up with everybody referring, becoming repeat customers, and wanting to see your success, sharing ideas, making a point of putting you on the map and telling people you must pop in there. Because the ultimate thing, do you know why it is that most customers stop working with an organization? And this isn't just about bars, this is about any industry whatsoever. People stop working with an organization because they weren't made to feel special. They don't feel special. Now, fact of a sin, it's not about the cost, it's not about the, the difficulties, it's about the fact that when you go in, they make you feel that they're really grateful to have you there. That didn't happen to me in that bar. And that's why I wasn't willing to waste my time or my money by being in there. Now, here's what's really strange. When I, I've been in Dubai for almost 30 years, wherever I go, where, whenever I talk to people, people come over and say, oh, Dave Crane, I've been there a long time. So it would actually be really good for them to have me in that place. Or not. But I will never go in now. I've had enough. So from a speaker's decision, what my choices were was just to leave it and walk away or to turn around and say, I've had enough but not just from an ego point of view. Instead, I wanted to help the management understand why I wouldn't go back again and why they might be hemorrhaging customers. So again, going back to the speaking idea, 
you make a choice and it doesn't mean you have to be on stage. Everything you think about, you have to make a decision on what you do with that content, what you do with that idea and how you use it to persuade and help people's lives. Done the wrong way, it could have been a rant, an argument. I could have upset people. Nobody walked away with me being upset. Nobody raised their voices. I didn't call any authorities, none of that stuff. I just put in place sharing why they have a messed up system and if they want to make it better, maybe, just maybe, we'll do something about it. I'd love to know your thoughts on this and I'll be sharing some more on my experiences and the decision makers of the speaker on this. Speak on stage. The people who change the system are punks. They have a punk attitude. They go out and they do it anyway. The biggest leaders in our industry, whether you want to choose Gandhi or you want to choose Richard Branson or Elon Musk or Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or any of those names, they had a punk attitude because they didn't do what everybody else was doing and nobody believed in them. Some people hated them, some people liked them, but you couldn't take your eyes off them because you never know what they're gonna do next. So now I wanna share with you how to get effective sponsors for your media, for your broadcast, for your podcast, for your TV show, for your events. Now the most effective question you have to ask anybody is what's in it for me. I said what's in it for them, not you. I know what you want, you want the money. You want to be able to turn around and get the bragging rights, get access to their audience, and also be able to sell what you do even more. But that's not what they want. I could, they don't care. It's all gonna be what's in it for them. So when you start those conversations, you have to choose a couple of different things. First of all, who are they? What's their audience and what are their objectives? Have you got an audience that they're trying to reach? And have they got technology that's fantastic, but they haven't actually got a way of making it personalized? Now for me, it's very simple. I'm not gonna tell you who the sponsor was that I approached. You'll find out in due time if it all comes through of the things that we're discussing. But I went to them and I saw their stand and instantly recognized it's a, it's a worldwide brand, possibly one that's bigger since pandemic than it's ever been before. And I, say, I said to them, by the way, thank you. You saved my life. I'm like, what? I said, thanks to you, I was able to communicate effectively. I was able to start a new business. I was able to talk to my family all around the world. And he's saying, oh, we know who you're talking about. You might do, but I'm not gonna mention the name. I said, I just wanna say thank you. And then it came, who are you and what do you do? And then I was able to share with them who I am, what I do, and my objectives of working with them. And when I started sharing that, the conversation changed from one of, oh, he's after our money, to one of, actually, this is a really great opportunity for us. Why? Because I sold it about that. I didn't talk about all my stuff, because they don't care. Why should they care? But I do care, and they care, about the opportunities of having a joint venture and a partnership. Because I'm not saying, buy Dave Crane, buy my stuff. I'm saying, how can I help you? And so the objective was all about one thing, and the conversations were all about that thing. So two things I'd share with you. First of all, only talk to the decision maker. When you are on a stand, you go into a conference, you start chatting to people, and you're really interested in the swapping business cards with you, you don't want anybody but the decision maker to talk to. Anybody less than that is gonna waste your time. And it sounds terrible to say that, well, I'm a representative. Yeah, but all they're gonna do is get you to send stuff, and if they're not in the favor of the big boss, Ultimately, it means that you're not gonna get the result you wanted and you waste all your time and material. 
What you're after is a connection that gets you a conversation or an audience with the big boss. Now that might mean that they pay attention to you long enough to say, let me introduce you to the big boss. And I wouldn't even pitch it there. I would do a very quick elevator pitch. I've got something I believe will really enhance your business and take it to a whole new level. I'd love to be able to sit down and talk to you. I know you're really busy and I value your time. What's the best way for us to arrange a 10 minute meeting online or face to face when you've got more time? Don't push it, don't sell it. Because otherwise, they've got other distractions. You want to make sure that when they're talking to you, they're actually talking to you. They're actually talking and giving their attention and working out how you two can work together. And that's it. So first of all, you only talk to the decision maker when they're there. Secondly, you don't pitch them at that time. Give them an idea about how you can work together, but that's about as much as it is. You want to be able to give a proper presentation when you've got the right time, when you think about it, when you're not stressed, when they haven't got other distractions, and where you can work out the best strategy for getting them. Now sometimes the biggest decisions I've made have been on the back of things that just didn't work out at the time. But what they did do was open a door, or connect with a person, or make me think differently about something that wasn't working, and then the second time I made it work. So don't worry about it, kiss a lot of frogs, you'll get a lot of frog tasting kisses, but every now and again you bump into a prince, and all it takes is one for that whole business to spread, and that whole opportunity to turn to something that's lucrative for you, and also give you a chance to actually be what you want to be, make the money that you want to make, and also have that impression and that impact on the world that you've always had. I believe that this is the golden formula, and you want to take a photo of this stuff, by the way. This is a golden formula to position you as to who you need to be. Let's go through this. First of all, at the top, speaking and communicating, the blue bit. Speaking and communicating means that you're positioned in front of people who are then paying attention to what you have to say about you, your brand, your thoughts, your image and everything. You're not necessarily waiting for them to come to you. You reach them on social. But if you really want to get people interested in you, you have to create a brand around what you believe. You work out what your core message is to the world. And that could be the same as your values or your company's values or what it is that you do. If you're working in a cyber security, you are protecting the world. So you should talk about that all the time. Not just from a techie point of view, but to get people to understand what your values are, who you are, and why it's so important that the world is protected from this stuff. Now for many people, they've got the wrong mindset in yellow there. If you're not ready to put yourself out there, if you don't believe you can do it, if you can't keep yourself motivated, that will always be a challenge. But here's the thing, when you get it right, you can have multiple income streams. When you play the whole thing together, you can be like in the center as an industry icon. Does that make sense to everybody? The idea of putting those things together. This is separate from your normal business. This is how you build up your personal brand. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and uh, you share it with people as well. I'd love to know your thoughts and comments as we go along. We've got a brand new one, which is probably going to come from a studio. I won't be on the road next week, but I'm going to share with you some incredible stuff as always. Can I just highlight one thing? And that's being a speaker or a leader, or whatever you decide to call yourself, can be quite a lonely experience. Sometimes you're completely on your own. Sometimes you're sharing ideas that people don't buy into. And sometimes the most decisive opportunities that come to you have got no witnesses, nobody around, no voices of reason, but you have to go with your gut and your experience 
and you do what you believe is right at that time. Sometimes you're caught out and you made a wrong decision. But the more you progress along your particular route, the more you'll find out there's a right decision at that time. And even if it was not the exact result that you wanted, you can go to the next opportunity and do it slightly differently with the insights of the knowledge that you've done something right in the end. I call it jump and grow wings on the way down, taking calculated risks. That's what life is all about. Remember, life is never, ever, ever about the end result. The destination is experiencing the journey. So every day, whatever you do, that's the gift. I love the fact that you're joining me on this journey. I never know where it's going to take me, but I love the fact to speak on stage on this podcast, whether it's video or audio, even if you just find the clips as you go along, you have to join me on that experience too. And I promise you, I'll only ever tell you my truth. Whether that's the same as everybody else sees, that remains to be seen. Have an amazing day. I can't wait to catch up with you next episode. Look after yourself. And from me and anybody else who knows me, Bye-bye. And that's it for today's podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure having you here with me. If you go to speakonstage.com, everything you need will be there. You get access to my blog. You get past and present podcasts. Find out about the events that are upcoming. And also, you could join the Game Changers and join our global community, our membership. We're changing the world. Similarly, if you really want to push your brand and get speaking gigs all around the world, then you've got to become an industry icon. Book a session with me, we'll have a chat about it, and you can get our online courses to become an amazing speaker and also position yourself as the very best in your niche. I look forward to catching you soon on another podcast. Meanwhile, have an amazing day. 